ओम स्थापकाय चर्मसर्वधर्मस्वूपिने अवतारवरिष्ठाय रामकृष्णा ते नम मंगल गुरुदेवाय देव्य मतृक्ष मंगल मंगल भक्त बृंदेव्यो सर्वोकाय मंगल ओं सदाशिव सरंभम शंकरचारजम अश्मरचारायंथम वंदे गुरु परंपरम गुरु ब्रह्मा गुरु विष्णु गुरुदेव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्री गुरुर्म श्री गणेश शरण गुरुभ्यो नम हरिओ श्रीहरि श्रीहरि So we're continuing our many volume series on uh, the introduction to the Kali Puja. And I don't think I need the small book. In the small book, we're right now we're, we've, we, we are at the Kali Dhyan Mantra, the description of Dakshina Kali. So we've done a lot. Now we're kind of at the, um, at the, almost at the crescendo of the Puja. Now we're invoking after all this preparation creating the atmosphere and the scene and the container to hold this the mentally the mental preparation the astral psychic preparation of the space the preparation of the body and the subtle body um, um, the buddha shuti the, the removal of the of, of, of our own self-awareness and, and putting installing its place of the mind mother <coughs> very profound and deep things so finally we get to where we we did the nyasa for the Kali Mantra. We established the, the consecrated the inner shrine, the inner altar. Did the nyasa uh, 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 for the Kali Mantra. And then we start, we, then we recite the Kali Dhyan Mantra, the Kali Meditation Mantra. I need a, I'm needing a, been a long day, a little bit extra caffeine to get me going here. So. <laughs> it will kick in. Yeah, it's worth it, trust me. <laughs> if, I can, if I can wake up my mind, I can actually say something maybe interesting. Let <coughs> my throat go too. Moving down. I don't, maybe in the beginning of our discussions, we may have discussed the different categories of mantras, perhaps, right? And something I can just cover a little bit because we, last week we talked all about this Kali Dhyan mantra. And we've talked about Dhyan Mantras in general. Because uh, each of the deities, Ganesh, Guru, Ganesha, Surya, Narayan, we've all, they've all, there have been Dhyan Mantras for each one of them. But, um, so uh, 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 the description Mantras. So there's different categories. Mean, in a very general sense, we could say. Um, uh, 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 so, so far, we've, we've, we've described um, Bij Mantras. We've, we've used Bij Mantras. These are uh, seeds. Simple meaning seed sound, you know, it's not a, a jump, a bij mantra. These are, um, they don't have, they have meaning, but they don't have direct meaning. They have um, an effect also. They're considered primary sound. The sounds themselves mean something, but not in the, not in the way that a word means something, something different than that. We've talked about that, and I don't know what we've talked about. Then there's mula mantras, like Om Namah Shivaya. The mula mantra is a root mantra. And a mula mantra, which is the normal, the way, when we say mantra, we usually mean mula mantras. A mula mantra has three things, three aspects. It has many aspects, but three things have to be there. One is the bija, one is the nama, and one is the kriya. So a bija means seed. So like Om Namah Shivaya, the bija is Om, right? 
the nama, the name is Shiva, Shiva here in Shivaya, and o, o Shiva, to Shiva, and the kriya, the action is namaha. I bow to, I worship, right? So most when we think when we think of mula mantra, you really mean bija, nama, and kriya together. Then there's some mantras that are that are only bijas, right? It's like Om or Hrim and different mantras that are that that, that they're standalone. They're, they're used alone, without a name, without a kriya. There may be implied name, implied kriya. Then there's uh, some mantras that are um, that are only oh, another the, the classic example is the Sri Vidya mantra. In the Chakta tradition, there is a mantra called Sri Vidya. It's the main mantra for Tripura Sundari and for the Tri Chakra. It's only syllables. There's no action, right? Uh, the list of syllables, <coughs> uh, beat sound, not syllables, beat sounds. Then there's all the mantras that are only names. Right, the most famous of that in modern times is the Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. The way it's been popularized in the original form, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. There's no Bij Mantra. This is on, right? Okay. There's no Bij Mantra and there's no Nam. Right? There's no Namaha. Well, I bow to his. It's so simply Krishna, 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 Krishna. Right, it's uh, it's calling out. It's just the names, and therefore, when there's a, in in the Upanishad where that mantra first kind of appears or properly appears, and in the literature, the devotional literature of its use over the over generations, they always emphasize. Even as per tradition, Brahma says to Narada, when he's asked, "What are the rules?" Mantras have rules. They have yam. They have they have uh, yam niyama. There's a restriction. You have to bathe properly. Have to be initiated. Only certain types of people can be initiated. As how many times it has to be chanted, uh, which direction should you chant? What asana should you sit on? You know, in which place should you chant? All these rules are there for every mantra has some some rules like that. And so when Narada asks this, uh, so the text says, Brahma says there are no rules, right? And one of the reasons because it's not a normal mantra. The rules for mantras don't apply, right? But I I have it on very good authority. One very advanced sadhu told me, you know, a Vaishnav sadhu says, still, all those rules and regulations, all those principles that are used for regular mantras, if you use it for the maha mantra, you get benefit. You get concentration, you get focus, you get purity. You know, you still benefit from those principles of of of, of good uh, <coughs> good action in what you do in in the mantra. But the name doesn't require. That's another type of mantra. Then we've also covered Vinayoga mantras. These are the mantras that describe the uh, details of other mantras, right? Uh, the type of mantra that describes the details of a mantra or practice. And usually you can know it because it says Vinayoga. You know, so uh, in the last, uh, for the Kali mantra, it says, it's, it mentioned uh, uh, the, the, the purpose of this mantra is this, the, the Rishi of this mantra is this, uh, this is Bhairava. The deity is Dakshina Kali. The Shakti is this, like that, you know. And then it says Vinayogaha. And then to attain the four fruits of life is the uh, the goal that, that that's use, right? The, the Vinayoga mantra. That's another mantra that we find a lot. <coughs> so then another, and then there's also Pranam mantras. Pranam mantras are like Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, Guru Deva Tasmai Sri Guru Ven, Sarva Mangala Mangalye Shive Sarvata Sadike Sharanyetra Magegori Narayanin. These are mantras of salutations. O Lord, O Guru, O Ramakrishna, Sapakaya Jadadmasya, we bow to you. So, and actually, most of the puja is made up of these 
things. There's a Dhyan, there's a Dhyan Mantra, which we'll get to, the meditation mantra. There's a Vini Yoga Mantra that describes the details of the practice and, and, the, and, and, and the details. There's a Beach Mantra for Kali, it's Kring. There's a Mula Mantra, we'll get to it, Kring Sima Dakshina Kalika In this book, there's the one we're using, there's several beach mantra, uh, Mula Mantras for the Puja. Uh, then there's also uh, um, um, uh, uh, Sarva Mantra, there's Pranam Mantras at the end. And in the category Pranam Mantra, there's also like Mantras for Forgiveness, Mantras of Invocation. There's all these different categories. So Dhyan Mantra is an important one. These are ones that simply describe the form of the deity being worshipped. We've talked about that. So right now we're on the Kali Dhyan, the Dakshina Kali Dhyan Mantra. Last week we mentioned that uh, this mantra is found, this long form of the Kali Dhyan Mantra that we've been reciting. We only did, I think it's eight uh, slokas, eight or nine slokas. Did I remember what I told you? Eight slokas, nine slokas. We did sloka one last week with a lot of preparation and introduction. Um, this is found in the, we mentioned this is found in a Bengali text called the Tantrasada, a collection of tantric mantras uh, uh, by Krishnananda. Agama Vagisha, uh, um, an important tantric adept, and, and he composed and collected, we, we mentioned last week, he either composed mantras or he collected existing mantras of the uh, of the tantric tradition of the time, especially the sh- within the Shakta tradition, but there's deities, all kinds of deities are mentioned. Um, there's another. I was just thinking this morning that oh, there's an, what's another equi- collection like this, a similar type of collection. Mm, it's called the Mantra, Mantra Midorini. I think I maybe I maybe I I have two co- two volumes of it. So I mean I know the book, but I get um, Mantra Midorini. I think Mahodini or Mahop Midorini. It's a little bit on the um, magical side. So a lot of the, the mantras in there would be considered almost like, you, I mean, there's a mantra in there to stop being bit by mosquitoes, for instance, and, and mantras to get people to fall in love with you. And It's a little bit on that type of, a little bit magic type of thing. But there's a lot of very important mantras in there, and a lot of Dhyan mantras. Right? It's another source, not from the Bengali tradition, but there's another category. There's many, like in the, in the um, um, you mentioned, Tantrasara of Avinamagupta. Abhigama Gupta in South, in um, Kashmir, uh, he also has a book, his own collection of tantra, of tantric practice, mantras and uh, sadhanas, right, from the Kashmiri uh, 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 Shaivite uh, tantric tradition, tantra sadhana of Abhigama Gupta. <coughs> but anyway, so in, in uh, and so we mentioned last week, I gave a little bit of a, so, a folk um, version of how this mantra came. He said that, that he had a vision in meditation of the, of the Divine Mother Kali. Mother Kali said, tomorrow you'll, I'll appear to you in a form. When you see that form, you popularize that form. That's the form that's going to be worshipped, uh, that I want to be worshipped uh, by the general public. Right? Uh, uh, and said that he saw, when the next morning he saw a, a, a kind of a member of a woman, a dark-skinned woman of, of the tribal tradition, uh, 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 putting cow patties on a wall, right, like this, right, and with one foot slightly forward, her right foot forward, and based upon that, this is this is a, a little bit of a folk tradition. It's very hard to say that this is exactly what happened, and and very nice. There's one one of our friends online, Somnath Bhattacharya, very nice Bengali uh, young man. Uh, uh, he pointed out details of that that I think I may have told aspects of the stories when we did when we were talking about the duck, the names of Kali. I may have covered some of these things, but it wasn't fresh in my mind when I told the stories last week. So he brought up a, a couple interesting, important points. Is that 
we mentioned a little bit last week also that Kali, before this time, was not a, um, can't say not popular, but she wasn't like the form of the Divine Mother in Bengal, right, and, or in India, you know. Uh, Kali was worshipped. There's very ancient references I mentioned. There's a, there's a reference uh, as Kalaratri in the Mahabharata. There's old text references and cult references and, and, and maybe some ancient uh, uh, tribal type goddesses that were worshipped that came different aspects that became merged over time as we would consider aspects of Kali, different forms, different goddesses, local goddesses, cosmic goddesses, right? But in Bengal, uh, 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 generally Kali as a specific form of, of the goddess was not really seen as like the Maha Devi. Like we think Lakshmi or Parvati, Lita Tipura Sundari, there's some aspects of the great goddess. She is, she is, she's not universally worshipped. She is worshipped by, uh, uh, we mentioned this last week also, by, by, by Sampradayas, by its lineages, right? Tantric lineages, right? She wasn't like the popular goddess that people worshipped in their home and went to temples like Kali Mandir, right? This is something that could be worshipped within, a deity in the sadhana of that deity would be, would be, would be worshipped in lineages, Right and not just any lineages, tantric lineages, right? You know, and not any tantric lineages. It would be like this would be primarily in the Vama Marg school, the left-handed school of tantra, right? Uh, uh, and <clears throat> the left-handed school of the tantra. And the problem is that we're not. I'm not ready to speak on different the left and right-handed school of the tantra. It's a very fascinating topic. I can't speak on that, but that's not our topic today. The one thing can be said is that that. Uh, uh, the left-handed schools of tantra are not mainstream, right? They're, they're, they, they break mainstream uh, um, uh, patterns. And generally, this is a very general thing we could say, that they're also monastic. Usually we think, oh, tantra, left-handed tantra, this is, these are like the opposite of monastic. It's mixed with sexual practices and, and, and counter-social practices. That's true. There are strands of that, and sadhana's in that to help break convention, and, and, and there's real things there that we can go we can discuss, but I won't discuss right now. But it's not the mainstream householder path. It's not the deity of the household. It's not what you teach your little children, oh, go, go pray to ma, you know, touch your pencils before your test to call it. It's not the, that type of, you know. So it says that, Krish, that Krishnananda was meditating how to make her popular, how to bring her out of just the tantric cults. I'm not using the word cult negatively. I'm using it as groups like this, uh, um, uh, academically, not... Judgmentally, right? How to bring it out of how to and then so he prayed to her and she revealed this form. This is the form that that is to be that's to be worshipped by the householders, right? And therefore, the, and we mentioned the different meanings of the dakshina, meaning right, meaning um, 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 uh, south. We mentioned different reasons for that last week, um, and also the fact that she's emphasizing uh, the 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 blessings on her right side, right. Other forms of Kali, the other form of Kali, and, and Bhattacharya also mentioned, and since he mentioned it, I thought I'd bring it up because it's an interesting point, important point. Um, the other form of Kali, there's many forms of Kali, but when you think of Daksha, it's the not opposite, but if you say opposite of right is left. <laughs> it's the other extreme, you could say, not the opposite, right? We talked about that also, that these are not opposites, they're, they're extremes of a spectrum two sides of a spectrum. So the opposite of dakshina is, the opposite of, of right is left, right? And so the op- and, and dakshina and the opposite is vama, right? Uh, uh. 
And Vama essentially means left, right? But Vama has a couple, it also means expert, right? So it's not one meaning, right? And so a lot of people for years, scholarship, both practitioners and academic scholars, Vama means left, and the left is the dirty side and the dangerous side and the dark side and, and the countercultural side. You know, they give like that, and that's, that's not wrong, right? But, but like Vamana, like the deity Vamana is not the left, dark, counter, counter social the form of Vishnu, right? He, you know, he's, but so, so Vama has, Vama and Vamana has a couple different meanings, but one meaning is left. So that's, that's okay. It's like Dakshina has many meanings. One of the meanings is right. And so the simple thing is you say, what's, which foot is forward? The right foot forward, that's Dakshina Kali. The left foot forward, that's left Kali, Vamana, Vama Kali. Vama Mar, uh, worshiped by Vama Margis, those who were on the left side uh, traditions. So that's okay. We can say it like that. We can also say that um, uh, Dakshina Kali, the op- uh, va- uh, Dakshina Kali is opposite Vama Kali. Dakshina Kali is opposite Smashana Kali, the, the goddess of the cremation ground. So that's a new. So generally speaking, these are not absolutes. And, you know, we have in this temple hanging pictures that don't fit these simple definitions, right? So generally, Vama, Dakshina Kali has her right foot forward. And then Vama, Vama Kali or Smashan Kali has her left foot forward. That's a very simple. And he pointed out that even when they're standing straight, one of them foot will be slightly forward. Right? So we'll leave that and then go back to that in a second. Another, another aspect is what she's holding. As I mentioned last week, the, the, which hand is important. So in her right hand, Dakshina Kali is, is giving blessings and fearlessness. Fearlessness and blessings, right? Sorry, I don't, my, my, two of my arms are... At the cleaner right now, so I have to use it like that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, um, and in her left hand, in her left Vama side, she held the sword and the sword and the severed head, right? But you notice we have Kali's in the other room. We have a Kali right in the corner. We call her um, uh, Jungle Kali, Vama Kali, uh, Vana Kali, right? Uh, 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 that came to us many years ago uh, in the corner of the library, like that. Beautiful. Right, but she's not in that pose. She has her sword in her right hand. Right, she has a sword in her right hand, and she has, I think, the, the uh, she has a sword in her right hand. Do you have a sword in her right hand? Okay. Yeah, probably in her right hand. And a trishul. And a in this form, right? So this is an example, but her right foot forward. Right, so it's not universally true that this form, that we consider her that, that type of Kali, not the classical form of Dakshina. She doesn't conform to the Dhyan Mantra of her Dakshina Kali, but she doesn't conform to the normal definitions of, of uh, Smashan Kali either. She has her right foot forward, but she's holding different... At our ashram in Allahabad, in Prayag, Guruji installed a uh, beautiful Kali. She also has uh, sword. She's in that pose, not in the classic, not the normal Dakshina Kali pose, but she's known as Sudeshwini Dakshina Kali. Guruji called her Dakshina Kali. <laughs> Right, so even though the pose or the hand pose aren't exactly right, then there's another aspect of you've seen. We we have her here. The I rub my head here first, and the Dash Mahavidya is there. This form of Kali that's become very popular. It's one of my favorite uh, uh, lithograph forms of Kali. Um, that and you become popular for us, especially because this is worshipped by Holy Mother Sharada Devi, right? And we say, and you oh, this is Smashan Kali, right? Because we think this was her left foot forward. Right, so he's not Dakshina Kali, but her pose, but their hand pose, what she's holding, is the more classical Dakshina pose, 
right? So these, so I remember one thing, we sell it on our, on our website, right, as Duck Esmashan Kali, right? And one person, uh, extremely opinionated person at the Ramakrishna Mission in Deogar, <laughs> I think Deogar, wrote us a long thing that this is not Dakshina Kali, this is not Smashan Kali, this is Dakshina Kali, but a right foot forward, and he gave a Dhyan Mantra, the, the detail to have to be, it's okay, you know, but it's still, we're selling it as Smashan, it's labeled Smashan Kali because of this difference. And so, however we understand Smashan Kali and Dakshina Kali, one is meant Dakshina Kali for uh, um, uh, householders, right, for the home, right? Also, f- Vama Kali, Smashan Kali is for Vama Margis, those on the Vama Marg, the left-handed schools of Tantra. And Dakshina Kali is for Dakshina Marg, right? These are forms for another, are lineages of, of Kali worship that are, that are uh, uh, right-handed, if you could say. And this is also, we would consider it's like Sattika Puja, right? So uh, in uh, the difference with like, like the, some of the things that, would, that, would, that the, in the left-handed traditions would do, they would take the five M's we've talked about before, very literally in the, in the Dakshina Marg, they take it more, more likely to take it symbolically, simple things like that. And it's Sattika Puja. So generally, the difference also would be like animal sacrifice. But that's not universally true. People animal sacrifice animals, Dakshina Kali, and not only Dharma Kali. So these, the problem is you can't say anything one thing. It, it, it didn't just descend from heaven like a set thing. It's a very complicated, developed tradition. Right? But generally speaking, we can say it like that. And so we mentioned, so if Dakshina Kali is a form worshipped in the home or worshipped by householders, or worshipped by Sattvika Dakshina Marg devotees, right? Uh, that allowed a cult goddess, in the non-negative use of the word, right, to become, in a certain sense, I can't say a, not yet a universal goddess, but a, cultural, uh, a culturally uh, focused god. I mean, the whole community, whole communities could worship her, right? Uh, but the, so it universalized her, in a certain sense. It took her out of just line, particular lineages and made her accessible, right? So you could say that one thing, this, this mantra, and by Krishnananda's vision, or by his own effort, or by Divine Mother's grace, brought Kali out of just tantric lineages and into as a focus of devotion of, of, of people, the mother-child devotion. Not wasn't just for Durga, wasn't just for Lakshmi, Annapurna, like that. It was now also given to Kali. And Kali became the focus of that. Classic example of this transition could be seen, if we can, not going to get too academic, giant academic in the song, the, the poems of Ram Prasad, where you see they're extremely tantric, but full of this the mother-child relationship that usually you wouldn't find in such hymns, right? And and he's a tri- he's said to be a disciple of Krishnananda. Of course, the dates don't mind. Unless Krishnananda lived hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. But we could say, oh, I, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Ramakrishna. You know, I didn't meet Ramakrishna. You know, so that's cool. May have met in that way. Some actually hold him. The liturgy he was initiated by Krishna. That's ridiculous, I think. The, the dates don't mind. Batch, right? But this is the thing, is that, that a great transition of the tantric goddess, and Ramprasad was a tantric adept, right, in, 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 in worship, and initiated, it seems, in the left-handed form of the tantra as well. He did smashan, he did shava sadhana, meditated on corpses. We, I've been to the place where he did these sadhanas like that, right? But his own realizations were, and, and his outpourings transcended just a small lineage or sect. It became universal. And of course, Sri Ramakrishna universalized it much greater. Um, so one thing is that Dakshina Kali was brought into the home. That's what I would say, right? So we know when. Um, uh, 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 so why not Smashana Kali in the home? Why not householders worship Smashana Kali? See, for most people, the cremation ground is a horrifying place, 
right? Naturally, we're scared of death. That's not that's a human thing, you know. Uh, not just humans, you know. You um, you drop a, a drop of um of um um you have a petri dish a petri dish full of um um bacteria. You put a drop of of um. Of, um, uh, bleach immediately everything runs to the other side even at the at the cellular level things are trying to not to die right so that's a very foundational thing that life doesn't want to die it wants to continue right so naturally and then you attach to that you know there's ghosts and ritual impurity of dead bodies and scary things like you know the animals that feed on dead bodies these are jackals and like nothing like like this right it's not a very nice place usually we think and but we all know, but the fact is we're all going there, right? That's a fact, right? And Kali is the full picture. She's birth and death. We talked about last week. She's the full picture, and even the the Dakshina Kali Mantra mentions her as Smashanavasi. She lives in the cremation, dwells in the cremation ground, right? But when we pray to Dakshina Kali, we're not praying for the cremation ground, right? The cremation ground becomes symbolic in the background. We see her as blessings and fearlessness, right? And so they said, "Oh, well, grant us another year of happiness. Keep death aside. Look to the south and keep death away, one more day." You know, this is the type of so it's, it's not so we're, we actually pray to her when we're sick, not to die quickly, right? To get well, we pray to us when we're when we're when we're when we're suffering, not to pop the whole thing and let me free me, right? Sometimes it can be like that, but but not always like that. So if you're a householder. Right, and you have children. You're not going to. You don't. You're not praying and on how everything is temporary and how everything's going to be taken away. And Ma, Ma please take everything away. Right. You, that's not. You, even though, even if spiritually that's your core desire, you want liberation from everything. Still, you have responsibilities and affections. You know, and requirements, and dharmic requirements as well as personal requirements. Right. So you don't pray like that. So Dakshina Kali is the way that Kali is worshipped in the home, not just by monks, not just by tantrics, not just by world-renouncing uh, uh, type of people, right? But for a monk, for such a person, Dakshina uh, Smashan Kali is the goal, right? We want to see the, we want name and form to disappear, right? We're, our focus is, we know, we talked last week, that the God is imminent and transcendent, both, right? Some people are, are focused on the imminent, God as the world, and we have our joys and duties and, and responsibilities and expressions in the world, some are oriented toward transcendent, beyond that which is not name and form, right? And so we want everything to be taken away, right? So I remember Swami Omkarananda, uh, South Indian Swamiji from Northern California, at Badrikasham, he said that he brought, very beautiful, I know that, I know that you've probably seen like this poster art, it's a beautiful blue Kali, very sweet Bengali painting, and it has like Sri Ramakrishna and Holy Mother, you know that type of art, you know, poster art, right? So he was in high school, and he brought it. He brought it, He bought a copy at the at the at the store in South India, which is not so common. Kali is not as popular, and we're in his state. And he brought her home because he loves Sri Ramakrishna, right? He's been a devotee. Even now, he's a devotee of Ramakrishna. He brought it, and his mother said, "No, Kali, Kali will stay in my house. Get it out." They're scared to bring a picture of Kali in the house, even though it's Dakshina Kali was beautiful, smiling face, covered in hibiscus flowers, you know, very and pinks and baby blue painting, <laughs> the pastel colors of the poster art of the day, you know, with Sri Ramakrishna Holy Mother, you can't get less scary than Sri Ramakrishna Holy Mother, right? Uh, but still, no, 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 he'll bring poverty and death to my house, 
right? So he said, actually, this is great. They give me an excuse to leave. <laughs> he, he had a monastic nature. I took my picture. Actually, he said, he was joking like that. Actually, he said that we put her in a shed and she's still being worshipped in the house, but not in the house. Because <laughs> they're superstitious enough not to like do anything against the picture and throw it away or something. But they still won't bring her in the house. You know, she's still actually, she said, Kali still worshipped in my home outside, you know. But for him, that was his, you know, that was his uh, joy. Uh, uh, so that's another distinction, Smashana Kali and, and, and um, uh, Dakshina Kali. So this is just general. So it was about the Dakshina Kali. Oh, another, another point I wanted to mention, came to, I was thinking of it today, during my first cup of tea, or <laughs> the two cup of tea evening tonight. That, as we could say, if we were to interpret it this way, give this narrative interpretation that that uh, um, Krishnananda and Ram, and then later Ram Prasad and, and like they universalized um, uh, a a uh, a tantric deity into a household Hindu pan Hindu uh, focus, right? Uh, cultural deity, <coughs> but. This is a form of Kali that's Ramakrishna worshipped. He he lived at the temple called Dakshineshwar for worshiping of Dakshina Kali, uh, um, uh, and he I think universalized it. To the, he did the next step of universalizing. It's not just oh this is the form of the goddess. This is not just a goddess, right? It's not just a tantric goddess. When tantric goddess to Bengali goddess or or Bengali goddess to Hindu goddess. That's a big okay. The goddess tradition, where she's a form of the goddess. Hinduism has a rich and ancient, vibrant, unbroken goddess tradition. The the whole world at one time had unbroken, rich goddess traditions. Bit by bit, they're broken, and not as rich. You know, almost forgotten, masked, forbidden, completely outlawed. Some places, sometimes masked. We, we worshipped our. We had our festival two days ago or three days ago of Our Lady of Guadalupe. This is an ancient goddess, masked, masked in a form that could survive the conquest. So different things like that. As, uh, 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 but India has living goddess worship, right? Unbroken for hundreds of years, thousands of years, maybe. It's hard to say when you get to prehistoric times because it's prehistoric, but very ancient times. <laughs> Can't say anything historic about prehistoric time by definition, right? From pre- even Maybe even prehistoric, right? Pre-Vedic, prehistoric even. You know, the, the goddess tradition may be, may be there. It seems to be there. Uh, archaeology uh, affirms that, and and tradition affirms that both. So, local goddess, sect goddess, tantric goddess, Hindu, and then Hindu goddess, right? But Sri Ramakrishna universalized it further. She is not a goddess. You can say, oh, she's the goddess, but not in a cult way. Not like, oh no, this is the, not your your god. Your goddess is not the supreme goddess. My god is supreme. Not like that. She would. I would. It's not even goddess, god, god. By by god, I don't mean the masculine form, right? I mean, uh, uh, as in the, the the supreme divine reality itself, right? Right. When we say god, when we say god and goddess, then we have that that male and female, right? But god itself is, although the word may be masculine, it's not a masculine idea. It's a cosmic idea, right? So it's not that Kali is like a goddess. She is that, right? But she is God itself, himself, herself. Herself, we'll say herself. The thought work was herself, right? And so there's an example of this. I asked somebody to print some things, but he, I forgot to mention this. It would have been good for him to print, because like I said, it just happened during tea. Uh, um, 
there's a conversation uh, with Dr. Shakar, Shakar uh, Sri Ramakrishna's uh, physician during his final illness, is homeopathic, and he's quite a character. If you want an entertaining, a, a infuriating or entertaining discussion, is the way he treated his thoughts, and he's a very, very fascinating personality. And he did not like this Kali business and this image worship business and this guru business and all. But he loved Sri Ramakrishna. He couldn't get you know he <laughs> like this. And in a conversation at the end of uh, maybe in the volume one or maybe in another volume um, of the Katamritam, he uh, there he's Sri Ramakrishna is not part of the conversation. M and Swami Swami Vivekananda, Narendra, Vivekananda, and others are there talking to him about they're they're having a meeting with Dr. Shrakar about. Tucker's treatment, and they get they get into like, oh, he's a um, he's a um, uh, he says um, uh, he's a he's a Devi Upasak. He's a, the, the the Dr. Sakar says Sri Ramakrishna's Devi means he's a Devi worshiper, like there's Sri Vidya Upasak. These are worshippers, and so that's a natural thing. You think you see Sri Ramakrishna is a worship, he's a worshiper of the goddess, right? That's 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 a technical term. Somebody who worships the goddess is a Devi Upasak. Somebody who worships Kali is a Kali Upasak. Somebody who worships Sri Antara is Sri Vidya Upasak. We use that term, right? But they immediately no, no. That's not what. That, that's not your misunderstanding, right? He says, the one. Then this is a great line, right? I, I wish I had the original in my in front of me, but he says the one, whom, in the Vedas or the Upanishads, to say it called Brahman, right? The ones that the Vaishnavas call Krishna, or Vishnu. The ones that the Shaivites call the one that the Shaivite calls Shiva. Then he brings it not just within Hinduism to, to break it. The one that the Muslims call Allah, the ones who the Christians call Jesus, right? That one, Takur calls Kali, right? So Kali is not just a, a, a tantric goddess, not just a Hindu goddess. She's got, not not just a goddess, God, goddess, and beyond, right? So his supreme idea. So 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 he universal. He takes it. He universalized it to to an extreme, uh, kind of the final universalization. Who knows what the what the next universal uh, movement from Kali from like this? So that's an interesting um, uh, point. <clears throat> what Swamiji, Swami Ambikana did print me there is in 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 the Sri Ramakrishna has a converse uh, goes on a boat ride with Keshav Sen uh, and Vijay Krishna Goswami and like it's a very we have a painting of it by by Hedi Goswami in the corner there. Where he's on his way to the boat, right? It's a very big ship, uh, beautiful scene. But I think I personally think that this is one of the most important conversations recorded in human history up to now. This is my subtle, <laughs> humble. <laughs> I will defend. I, I I may spend my rest of my life defending this very point. <laughs> I'm beginning to organize my thoughts to spend my life to rest my rest of my life defending this very point, right? But in it, he Chakra says exactly those type of things in his own, not not Swamiji and M talking to Dr. Shakar about this. He himself is saying that, right? Some call her Allah, some call her Jesus, some call her Jesus, uh, Krishna, some call her Shiva, some call her Brahma, Brahman, like this, right? And then he says some call uh, the same reality is known as the the Bhagavan of the Bhaktas, the Paramatman of the Yogis, the Brahman of the Vedantists and the Jnanis, you know. That is Kali. You know, he keeps reaffirming this this universal point. Even M's original title of this section is called Kali Brahman, not Kali is Brahman, not Brahman is Kali. Kali Brahman. They're, they're one and the same thing. They're the same thing. Ka- Brahman is Kali. Kali is. I mean, literally is Brahman. Brahman is Kali. He emphasizes this point. Right. It's very very important. 
So then Keshab, understanding exactly what he's what Takur is saying, it's like it's not like going, uh, immediately asks not about Brahman, right? He asks his his follow up question is about Kali, right? Specifically, like and so his question is uh, Keshab smiling. In how many ways is Kali plain? That was his question about this universal principle that's Brahman itself that appears as all that all religions worship or she reveals herself in all religions. However you wanna. That's actually the foundation of Takwar's universal radical religious pluralism, right? Kali is the foundation of Sri Ramakrishna's r- r- radical religious pluralism. Uh, like we have the last 150 years successfully or unsuccessfully tried to describe as unity of religions and the truth of our religion, many pa- you know, we use different languages, but this is, this is Takwar's own description of it, right? So he, he, now he's not getting so abstract, he's getting, oh, oh, she plays in many ways. Now, she, now you see, he moves from the universal to the to the to the cultural, from the universal to the general Hindu theology, goddess theology, Shaktism, Kaliupasakism, right? <laughs> I don't know how to say it, what, how to turn these two words, join them, uh, uh, or even the tantric forms, right? He says, so Sri Ramakrishna says, she's playing in various ways. She herself is Maha Kali, Nitya Kali, Smashana Kali, Raksha Kali, Shama Kali. Right. It says there is mention of Mahakali and Nityakali in the Tantras. So there's your Tantric deity, right? So it's the same. The thing is the same Kali. That's the supreme truth. That's the supreme Brahman. That's worshipped and, and revealed in every religion, right? Isn't also the same Kali mentioned in the Tantras? It's a universalization of these of these things, right? Back when creation hadn't even happened yet. So, so like not like you know I always say oh but, uh, once upon a time when the world was young. Once upon a time when there was no world yet. It hadn't even happened yet. I like this language. Not like before creation. But having, creation hadn't happened yet. I like the language. Back in the time when creation hadn't, haven't, hasn't, hadn't even happened yet. There was no moon, sun, planets, earth. Dense darkness. There, there was only Ma. Before creation, there was only... So she's that supreme reality. The, the void of being or the fullness of being. Whatever that means. You know, form, the formless Mahakali. Existing with Mahakala. So it's like his, his universal deity is very tantrically described here, right? Shamakali, that's, that's Mahakali and Mahakala. Shamakali, mood is gentle. This is, uh, this is close, we can get to Dakshina. He doesn't mention Dakshinakali. Shamakali is his description of Dakshinakali. Is mostly, mostly gentle. I like this. Not gentle. She also has a sword, a separate head. And we have, yeah, I don't know if she has... She has crystal skulls, and 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 a little little metal jackal, <laughs> right? right? And red hibiscus and red. So not, there's not she's not smeared with blood, and she's not there's not smell you know howling corpses, but she is. That's the thing, right? So she's mostly her the one because what she's showing herself the dakshina side is being shown the benign side that is being emphasized, right? Um, she uh, Shama's Kali Shama Kali's mood is mostly gentle. She who gives boons and fearlessness. This fit, it fits into our verse today. Vara Bhaya Daini. Takra says. She's Vara Bhaya Daini. She's the one who gives fearlessness and moon. These are these two hands. These are the two of the four hands that are going to be mentioned. Householders worship her in the home. There, when there is an epidemic, a famine, an earthquake, a deluge, or a drought, Rakshakali has to be worshipped. This is a different form. Um... Smashanakali is the no, that's, uh, we mentioned Smashanakali is the image of destruction. 
She resides in the cremation ground with corpses, jackals, dakinis, and yoginis. Dakinis and yoginis, these are fierce female spirits. Blood streaming, a garland of heads around her neck, girdle of human arms around her waist. But oh, Dakshna Kali is also described. She has a garland of heads, right? Human heart, uh, 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 streams of blood and a garland and a, a waistband of severed hands, right? So you can see that the, 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 it's the same Kali being described is what's being emphasized. So Smashan Kali also has, but even Dakshna Kali has these forms, but it's a different form, right? Blood streaming, garland of heads around her neck, and girdle of human arms around her waist. When the universe is destroyed, there is a great delusion, disillusion. Then Ma gathers up and keeps all the seeds of creation. Just like a housewife has her odds and ends pot. And we had some, we have a, a, growing up we always had a junk drawer. And you know, that some drawer we just put every, just everything is in there. Every, everything extra is in there. This is, I guess, in Bengali village life, as a housewife has a, um, uh, has an odds and ends pot. And in that pot, the housewife keeps many, maybe five different kinds of things. And Keshav and everyone laughs, because this is an, an image from their experience. Oh yes, sure. Housewives have that kind of pot. Inside there are sponges, indigo pellets, and little tied up bundles of cucumber seeds, pumpkin seeds, opos, lao seeds. Right? Uh, they keep all these. And when they need them, they take them out. Right? So after creation is destroyed, like it. So before, before creation, before there was even creation, after creation is destroyed, right? That's an interesting. She exists before creation and exists after creation. That's an important. This is a, her absolute nature. After creation is destroyed, Ma, she who is full of Brahman, Brahma Mai, just like first is Varabaya Daini, now is Brahma Mai. She who is Brahman, the full Brahman or full of Brahman, gathers up and keeps all these seeds, all those seeds. After creation, Adya Shakti, another name he gives, primordial energy, lives inside the universe. When she needs, she takes all those things and creates the universe. She gives birth to the universe, then lives within the universe. As we, we hinted at last week also, that she is the creator and creation. Not just the creator and creation, she's the creator and lives within creation. Right? She's as creation. We've used many examples of this as like a seed. A seed is a, is the cause of a plant. But once a seed, then if you see a plant, where is the seed? The plant. Right? She's the, the seed is the cause of the plant and has become the plant. The plant's only the seed. So where is God? The world. What's the proof? The world. Here, it was, it's hard to see. We don't see. When you see a seed, it's easy to see. <laughs> Not easy, but the world is more easy to see, but difficult to see the seed. Gets lost in it, right? She, she, she gives birth to the universe and then lives within the universe. Gunashreya gunamai. Right? You know, the, the same idea. She is the gunas and constitutes, and out of her being, the gunas are constituted. She makes the gunas. The cause of the gunas, and she becomes and is the gunas. She makes them out of what? Another example given the Bhagavatam, we've, in our Bhagavatam classes, we've talked a lot about these things, is like a dream. Right? When you dream something, right? you're the creator of the dream. And what's the dream made out of? Only you. Your consciousness creates it, and it's, you're playing all the parts. It doesn't exist outside of you. Right? So it, it, once it, it's a dream, it's not real. But it's you. It's, it's a dreamer itself. But the dream is the dreamer itself. Maybe not the full dreamer, but the dreamer itself, right? So this is very important. She gives birth to the universe and lives in the universe. It is, it is said in the Brihaaranyaka Upanishad. Actually, the verse is given. 
uh, Swami Chet Ambikananda found the verse at uh, 2.1.20. A spider brings forth the web from inside itself, then lives in the web. So this is examples given. Um, other places talk about that the... Something nabi, ubina nabi. Remember the word? There's a word. There's a term in, in another chapter where he describes this. That means that a spider, out of its out of its own navel, I don't know how exactly it farmed. I'm not. Don't know how it happens. By some magic, <laughs> spider man just does this. I don't know how a regular spider does it. But from his own self, he he spins a web, and then he makes a web. She makes the web, and then lives in the web. Right. So it's it's made out of her. And it, this, the, this, the web is nothing but from both the creator of the, spider, of the web comes out of itself, so it's only the spider, ultimately. And then the spider lives in it. You want to know where the spider is? It's in its web. And what's the web? The spider. Who made, this, who made the web? The spider. This is all these things. This is the, the one that Sri Ramakrishna calls Kali, right? And who, uh, who is the one we're meditating upon and the one that's worshipped in this temple, right? God is both the container and the content of the universe. This is the great line of Sri Ramakrishna. Both the container and content. Another way you could, another way you could say she's both the creator and the creation, you know, this, you know, like this. We'll leave because this is, we have our introduction to verse two. <laughs> Okay, I'll recite verse 1 from Kalijana from last week. Om Karavadaram Goram Muktikesham Chaturbhujam Kalikam Dakshinadivyam Munnamala Vibhushitam Fearsome with gaping mouth, freely flowing hair and four arms, the divine Dakshina Kali is adorned with a garland of heads. We mostly talked about those things last night, last, last week. And we mentioned that this four, especially because now in this next verse, the four arms are going to be described separately and by description. And we mentioned that, that the one, we gave a little bit of philosophical, symbolic uh, interpretation of this, how the one that is Shiva, the one universal consciousness manifest, expresses as this world, that is Shakti and its, and its expression, how the one becomes many. This is the image of the one becoming many. This is a picture of that moment or a picture of that reality of the one becoming many. Uh, and then she expresses through vibration. We talked about Om and the, and the, the garland of severed heads, meaning the different uh, syllables or uh, um, uh, like that, the letters or syllables of the Sanskrit alphabet and the vowels behind it and the, uh, the sutra in between it. We described those things last week. And then it becomes the full expression of the world of, of multiplicity or in our experience, a world of duality of good and bad, birth and death, health and happiness, but everything in between. So we're only showing the upper and lower hands, not all that there's unlimited there's there's eight arms, ten arms, sixteen arms, thirty-two arms, thousands of arms, millions of arms, every possible experience. We're showing the top two on both sides, right? So now the next verse. Sandya China um Sadya China Shiraha Karga Vamadhura Karambujam. So it's describing now her um uh, Vama, her left hand. So look, that's that side, right? Left hand. What is she holding? She holds in her left hand um, uh, uh, a freshly severed head. That's her in this hand, right? So you can see, everybody sees her lower left hand, a freshly severed head. And a sword. 
that hung her cut on her side. Sadjachinna shiraha shira means head and karga sword sword. Vamadu karambujam in her left two arms she holds a severed head, freshly severed head and a sword. Upper left hand, abhayam abhayam means fearlessness. Varadam and boon giving. Abhayam varadam cha cha and also in her in her in her right hand she holds a she shows fearlessness and boon giving. Dakshina Udvana Panikam in her, in her upper and lower right hands. That's the verse, right? In her lower her lower and upper hand she holds a freshly severed head and sword. In her left lower and upper hand she holds a freshly severed head and sword. Her upper and lower right hands show the gestures granting fearlessness and blessing. That's a very simple thing. In the um um let's see if I have it here. In our talks on the Kali Sahasranama, back in the day, uh, there's a cluster around verse 18, 19, 20 of, of those verses. There's a cluster of names that's dealing, now we're in a section that's dealing primarily with her obvious iconography. So it mentions head, hand, sapa sap. So an example, um, Varada Kanga Palini Punyamani Punyanami Pitihara Varada Kargapalini Nri Munda Hastahastam Cha Chinamasta Sunakshika Dakshina Shamala Shama Shanta Pino Natastani Stani. This is verse 18 and 19. And in it, uh, some verses, some of the names we won't mention, but it says Bitihara. Bitihara means Bitihara, remover of fear. So that's another, that's a Baya Mudra, just described differently, right? But it gives an idea. It's not just fear granting, it removes fear. So you can say, oh, fear not. You can say, don't worry, I'm, I'm, I don't fear not, that's an idea. But it removes fear. So you have to think, we'll, 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 we'll go back. Varada, grantor of boons. Kanga Palini. Kanga is, is, is the same as sword, it's another name for sword. And Palini, protective sword. The, so we would say dramatically as a sword of protection, right? And nre munda hasta shasta, and holds a severed nre munda hasta a severed human head, right? So that's the same. Just describe it. But these slight variations give, I think, some some um, uh, some um, hint at their meaning, some some clue into ways of interpreting it. Now, when we mention <coughs> How the, this image is a snap of creation, or a philosophical picture, an iconographical language of a, a very huge philosophical theological thing. How the one has become many, right? This is I am one that become many. This is one of the opening verses of the of, of the of the Vedas, right? How the one became many. How and so here visualized as Shiva, infinite consciousness, is one way of interpreting this form. Expressing this is what the way theolog- Hindu theologians and mystics, yogis, have tantrics have given this interpretation. How we mentioned that last week. How one has become many, and so it's become the full spectrum of experience, right? And so it's a bold way of looking at reality to see. Death is divine. We mentioned, and birth is divine. War is divine. Peace is divine. Creation is divine. Destruction. Everything is divine. Everything is an expression of that one divinity. So it's a very beautiful and bold and incredible. 
uh, message, this image, right? But to a yogi, right, all that's fine. This for a philosopher or a theologian, that's fascinating. Wow, bah. Well, what a bold picture of reality. What a, what a wonderful way of thinking of divinity and creation. These are the topics of philosophers and theologians, right? Including ourselves. We like this type of thing. We get very excited about these type of things. Like, you know, it's literally it's like the, the aesthetic and intellectual and mystical radiance of the whole idea is, so, is thrilling, right? But to a devotee, right? A yogi, somebody, what's a dev, here I mean a devotee or a yogi in sadhak, right? Somebody who, of course, there's many reasons to do sadhana, but in the highest sense, we, it's like somebody who's searching for the one, to know how the one became many is fascinating. But how, does the, how do the many find the one? That's another thing, right? So now the same images changes. Like in the Sri Yantra, I always point up there, but the camera's not up there. Uh, in the Sri Yantra, right, you have, we can see how from the Bindu, how the one pulse, the Bindu becomes two, Shiva and Shakti, Prakash Vimarsha, become three, Itcha Shakti, Kriya Shakti, Jnana Shakti, Brahma Vishnu Shiva, uh, uh, those type of things. And then that becomes all the different triangles. You can, you can follow and then the, the, the unfolding of the lotuses is the name and form and expression and feeling and emotion and eroticism, the whole, to the final thing, to the physical world and, and, and its manifestations. Right? And you can see how the one, that's a perfect image, map, Right or a photograph in your geometric photograph of how the one became many and how the one is everything. That's part of the beauty of a Sri Yantra, right? So it's not just how one became, but how become is everything. Not how just one made everything, right? But when we do puja to the Sri Chakra, there's two forms of puja to the Sri Chakra. But generally, sadhaks worship not from the inside out. Philosophically, we understand how the three, how the central bindu became the triangle, how the triangle became the, the, the different triangle, you know, how it became everything, right? But we do puja, we start, okay, here's the Sri Yantra. This is our experience. That we start on the outside at the four gates, right? These are the ways into spiritual traditions, right? And then the shaktis, that, the, and, 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 the, and the problem is all the shaktis are going out. So it's very hard to go against the stream, right? The, the, it's the rush of creation is from the center out, from the one to the many, to go to find the many means you have to swim upstream. Krishna said, a sadhak is somebody who swims upstream. It's a great, what a, what a powerful image, right? You know, it's easy to flow downstream. It's ple- not easy, beautiful, pleasant, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're trying to find the source of the stream, right? <laughs> if you don't want to get lost in the ocean, you know, it's, not, it's, it's fun perhaps and definitely easier, right? But it's actually, it's hard, it takes skill, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of danger to, to swim upstream. Sri Ramakrishna, another thing he said, it's like, like everybody turns a lock this way, the key, right? You have to turn it this way, <laughs> right? You have to, how to go the opposite way? That's not easy. It, everybody turns this way. We've been taught by our parents to turn this way. You know, we're, we're, we're biologically, chemically, neurologically programmed to turn it this way, not to turn the other way, right? So, but this is, this is, so in the Sri Yantra, you start worshiping the outside and you work in. Those energies are out. The petals are pointed out. The triangles are pointed out. The shaktis are pushing out, rushing out. To find in is not easy, right? In, in, the, in the Devi Bhagavatam, it describes metaphorically the, uh, uh, the picture of the, the Devi Puram, of the Sri Chakra, of, of Bhuvaneshwari Devi, her, the supreme goddess in the, Sri, in, in, the, in the Devi Bhagavatam. And each of the gates are described. There's tens of thousands of yoginis and dakinis these are female spirits, right? Each one was a retinue of, of armies, right? Uh, with weapons. All of them pointing, pointing the, the, their spears and weapons out, screaming, kill them, kill them, cut them, tear them asunder, burn them, 
right? It's not easy to go against that. When you're, when you're being thrown out, that's the flow of, the, of, 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 of life, right? It's not easy to go back. So we, what we do? We worship, oh, oh, Devi with that weapon pointing out, <laughs> screaming, kill him. Like here's, we offer you the sweet liquid at your feet. We, we, we please with your permission, if you allow, let us in one step further, one step further, one step further, following back to the center, right? So the same thing, this image is, is, is a, is a um, iconogra- iconographic uh, reading of the three chakras in the same way, right? Or that philosophical system in the same way. So how the one became many, there you go, picture of it, snap picture. No longer, you don't have to guess. Now you know exactly how it happened. It's, we have it right here. Happening, it's happening. Not just how, how it happened, it's happening. Right? It's continuous, right? Um, so now it becomes, to a sadhak, these same things change. They become the way to the one. Right? Now it's not just birth and death and success and failure. It's have no fear. Not just fear, it's the fear destroying. Bittihara. Uh, right? What is the fear? We, we fear duality. Actually, in the Upanishads it says, where is no, where there is, uh, duality is a cause of fear. The consciousness of another. When there is no other, there, fear, there is no fear. Right? That's a definition, a simple definition in the, in the Upanishad. Fear comes from another. When there's no other, there's no fear. Right? This whole philosophy of there's no other. Our experience of duality is not real. It's real, but not the way we think of it. It's, it's, it's not, our experience of duality is not actually duality. It's an experience of multiplicity. There's only one playing all the parts. So what's the fear when you, when you can see that? Right? She's showing have no fear. Not only that, she's your mother. I'll protect you. Right? So that's in the beginning. Oh, please protect me from, from, you know, it's like if somebody, let's say you have a little kid scared of the boogeyman or a monster. In there. I mean, I'm, I know in pop culture, there's all the people believe that there's monsters in the closet. It's true in pop culture. In my closet, there was actually a monster growing up. So, I mean, I happen to know for a fact. <laughs> I saw him for years. Right? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, so, so your mom becomes a protector of that. No, no, don't worry. I'll kill it. See, I'm going in. I'm going to the closet. You know, and she, you know, so there's never a monster in the closet, but she's protecting you from the monster in the closet. So even that, the idea of the mom protect me from, from evil. She protects you from, I mean, there's stories, Ma comes and kills demons, right? The demons are only her, right? Maha, Suri, Mahadevi, Maha, she's the God, she's, she's playing all those, she's, gods and demons are both her, right? So killing, the, when she kills the demons, what's that, what is that? That's a realization that's only her. She takes the duality, the sting of duality away, right? So all of a sudden you see, so, so uh, the, sword, the, the uh, Abhaya Mudra is a destroy, destroying of, of, of the fear of duality, because you begin to you not only because you have a, an awesome God to protect us through the devotional mood, but also the reality that what she protecting us from the fear of duality itself. There is no duality. Then, um, um, Varada granting a boon. What boon do we want? There's a beautiful um, in the in the um, um, uh, uh, Shankara, uh, Lahari. In the Sunday Lahari, there's a mantra. It's a very beautiful mantra. It's describing her pose, right? Uh, uh, pointing down. And actually it says, interesting, it says, all the other goddesses, of course, this is glorifying her as the supreme goddess, as unique and distinct, right? As a supreme goddess. All the other goddesses are giving, are giving boons, but not you, O Devi, right? Because actually, so even though she's doing this, she's actually not giving boons, 
right? Any, any, any common spirit, I mean, in any, lo, any local goddess can give a boon. You do some tapas, you do an offering, they give you a boon. That's easy. She's supreme, right? Instead of what's she doing? She's pointing to her feet, right? And she's, so like what we really want is her feet. We really, and what's her feet? Her feet are touching Shiva. She's, what we really want is the one, right? She's not giving boon, she's showing the real boon. The real boon she's giving is to transcend desire, right? What we really want is God. Not that she's giving, of course, Ma, see in your hand, please give me your blessings. Re, re, kill my, destroy my enemies and give me your, and, and give me, there's some stuff I want also. You know? <laughs> some, some stuff in the situation. There's stuff. Okay, let's get, let's get that. But there, we want some stuff, you know. <laughs> so in one sense, God is the one who gives everything, the source of everything and everything. So it's nothing wrong with praying. We do think it's wrong to pray to God for stuff. Right. God's a giver of everything. That's a big realization. At least we know who to ask for. Right? But it's not that sublime. It's, it's still very much in a childish mood. Sri Ramakrishna is described as like going to a king, the king, uh, the emperor, and asking for some potatoes. We're asking small things, and the person who gives us everything. Right? It's just it's foolishness. It shows mean mindedness or, or small um, mindedness. Right? That we're, like a, if you're a beggar, even if you, a beggar who's begging for some coins goes to the king, you know, oh, I just want to give you some coins. We, we, we don't know what we're... When we get close to her, she can give us the whole thing. The real boon is to go beyond boons, to go beyond desire, right? So that's another... another we have fearlessness beyond duality and beyond desire by really getting, showing her feet. This is what we really want, right? Her pan's actually pointing to her feet. <laughs> right? Another thing. And then, Kargapalini, the destroyer of the, the sword of protection, the protective sword. Not just, so it's not just death, Right, right. It becomes often given as discrimination, right? She's, and what is it becomes between the, the sword of discernment is an often way. This is a common way we, yogis like to think about this, right? And 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 between the real and the unreal, or maybe a little more carefully said, between the permanent, the lasting, and the temporary, between that which value and the and and the shallow, valuable and the shallow. Like you can start to separate like this, and uh, and even between. Everything and also we begin to we use discrimin not just a discrimination intelligence sharp intelligence to see what's what, right? So that becomes a way it's a way into the into the yantra not not how not the outer fierce uh, edges of, of of the creation of the yantra. This is a way into the yantra into into the center of the yantra. Discriminate between the real and the unreal. This is a common thing between the real uh, the permanent the valuable like this. That is a protection. Actually, a good discrimination is our greatest protection. Right? That's a protective. Not just that she she will kill the demons. She will kill the demons. But what's the demon that she's killing? Right? Is you know you can see an un, an undisciplined, uncontrolled, undiscriminating mind is a very dangerous thing. You can see right. So we, this is begins. And actually, many of her weapons in the Chandi mentions many other weapons. Swords and, and discs and trishuls and lassos and all this type of stuff. Each one is given also aspects of sadhana, right? So this is also an aspect of so this is a sword is discrimination is one of the one of the um, um, uh, practices. And then nirmunda hasta shastacha, and this whole the severed head. So it's not just a severed. Okay, oh this is death and destruction. That's true. Everything gets there's awesome paintings. Of whose head is she holding? She's holding she's holding three heads in her hand, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Right? <laughs> They're really spectacular paintings, you know. 
right? She's going beyond every. I mean, she's the death of every. Even the even the 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 gods of creation, right? These are not these. They themselves are also temporary. She's the supreme after creation, before creation, right? She holds these type of things, right? You can think of it this way uh, as a great symbol of death of everything's ultimate demise. But it becomes a different thing. What's our head? We've in our in our in our Kali Sasanama talk. We mentioned we did several talks on skulls and heads and separate heads and and things like this, right? But we can go very simple. What is the in the next in in the Kali Sasanama? The next name is Nirmunda Hastasha Chinamasta Sunashika. The next word is Chinamasta. She holds her own head. So they said. So give a little hint and by the cluster of these names, whose head she's holding. Uh, so our head, we usually think this is our identity, our thoughts. So sometimes when you lose your head, people, oh, don't lose your head. I mean, you'll, 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 you lose your reason, right? But sometimes our reasons would hold it. So sometimes a liberated head could be like, ah, we're beyond logic and we're free, right? That's one way of thinking. That's one possible thing is to go beyond the, uh, the, 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 our stuck in our, being stuck in our head, the logical realm to the mystical realm. But also another thing, when she holds her own head, that's why the very next name in the Kalusasanama is Chinamas, the one who holds her own head. Right? It's a very fierce way. Uh, her name is most fierce. Fierce is holding the head. Most fierce is holding her own head. So it means we have to go a little closer, deeper into what it all means, right? Um, actually, your head, you do we think of okay, our head is, is our is our concepts and duality and thinking and reason and anxiety, all those things. We cut that we quite quite be quite free. Um, but also, our body is what, what is, is our world of duality. This is where we think this is real. Our, our desires are, are physically based. Our identity, most of us, I mean, there's the few that a little bit identified with their ego and their, um, uh, their mind and their intellect like that. But if you poke a little bit, we're all primarily, it's, it's, uh, we're identified with our body. Right? We think we're the body. We think I'm me. I'm Swami Bhajanananda. And I have a history, and I know what I've done, and where I went to school, and what I'm doing now. This is all, even all that, even where I went to school, is body-based, right? You know, the things I've gathered from the, you know, so we're very physically, and then our world is physical world, right? So, uh, uh, muladhara chakra consciousness, you know, the, we're conscious of, this is the outer rim of the three chakra, the muladhara, the um, bupur, right? You know, so this is our physical, and so the cutoff is also to cut off the head, it's interesting in Chinamasa, she cuts off her own head, but this one she cuts off the body. It's another way of thinking of it. So, is it, is, is it a severed head or a severed body? <laughs> right? She threw the body. Usually, in these really radical posters, there's like headless corpses, headless, headless, headless corpses, yeah, headless corpses lying on the, on the. You can't get more direct than like that. It's like she's she she hasn't cut off the head. She's cut off the body. Right? Very interesting. So then 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 it becomes. The reverse side of that same idea of going beyond of liberated consciousness, right? You're, it's, it's from both sides of the type of thing. Very interesting, but uh, but um, what, what name are we here? Um, Bittihara, uh, uh, remover. Of, oh yeah, okay. In the Kali Sasanama, it also the same group of names also mentions Dakshina. Right, this is that same cluster of names, right? Uh, uh, and Shama, dark, right? Just like in, in the in the Kali. Oh, I have another beautiful hymn here. We can, in the last few minutes we can mention. We mentioned that um, as far as um, scholarly academic scholarship would hold, would show that 
this um uh, dakshina kali of 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 uh, from the from the tantrasara you'll say you'll read you know dakshina kali this form of kali was uh first found in the like we we stated in the in the tantrasara by krishnananda like this right so that means that other texts that describe her in this form would have to become after that Right, and that could be, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I haven't thought about carefully how how the date text, but there's a text that we love very much, a Kali Mandir. Um, it's the uh, uh, Kali Kali Kastakam, right, and it's attributed to Shankara, and so that's a problem because Shankara dates them is older than Krishnananda, right. Uh, so either if it's by Shankara, that shows that Krishnananda had an insight into a pre-existing goddess that Shankara charity worship. Right, uh, but we're joking in the sense that there's nothing impossible for God. There's nothing impossible for Shankaracharya either. He could, if you put all the things Shankaracharya is said to have done, he's greater than God himself. So he can easily, he can easily write a hymn about a deity, write a hymn before the about a de- describing a deity who hasn't appeared in history yet. No problem. I have no problem with with the uh, mystical, uh, flexible logic of devotion. You know, but so anyway, the Kalikastakam is most likely a later text. At, at least this, and the Kalikastakam has a Dhyan Mantra attached to it, right? So it could also be that the Dhyan Mantra was added as part of that. The, the actual verses praising, the eight verses praising Kali, maybe Shankara or an early early Shankara tradition, and maybe the Dhyan Mantra was then attached to ritual use, because we, we always do a Dhyan Mantra before, maybe a Dhyan Mantra. Um, I haven't studied whether or not this Dhyan Mantra is found in another place. Right, but it's an exact same meter, so I doubt it. I think it's unique to this, but I haven't. But anyway, it's beautiful. It describes also a very exquisitely beautiful, um, uh, um, in a shorter, just in two verses, two or three verses. The form of Dakshina Kali. Yeah, in three verses, this form of Dakshina Kali, um, um, uh, a little different. Kaladrakta Munda Vali Kantamala Mahagorava. Sudamstra Karala, Vivastra Smashana Laya Muktikeshi, Mahakala Kama Kula Kalikeyam. I'm going to recite the two verses. Three verses. Oh, so, so around her neck, some of the same details, we haven't got to some of these. Around her neck hangs a garland of severed heads, dripping blood. She opens her mouth wide, that's the same from the first verse, right? Giving a great dreadful sound and revealing her beautiful teeth. Naked, dwelling in the cremation ground, was freely flowing here, Muktakeshi. Kali is in union with Mahakala. I'll get there too. Pujevama yugme shirosmi sim tadhana. Param daksha yugme bhayam bhai tataiva. Her left hand holds a sword and severed head. This is the Dakshina form. Her right hand grants boons and fearlessness. Sumundya Pitunga Stanabhara Namra Tashatrakta Shrika Dvaya Su Smitasyaha. She is bent by the waist, by the weight of her mountain like breasts. The corners of her glistening blood stained lips form a sweet smile. Some of these details will be brought out in the, in the next uh, section of the Kali, uh, the Mantra. Shava uh, Dvandva Karna. Patamsa Sukeshi Lashat Preta Panin Prayu Kaita Kanchihi 
शवाकार मुंचारी रुद्र शिवाभीष्टुर्दिक्षु ชาวบีเรจีสอยมานาโซไอดอนแคนทัสเรกูเลอร์ลี่อ่าซอมิอามิกินันเดอะแชนซ์อิทเวอร์เรกูเลอร์ลี่ฟีซิเรอะยูด
and we have even got to the the idea of the symbol. Not just one thing I want to mention today is that from yesterday, last week, how the ones become many. This week, the theme is how the, how to find these become symbols of the one. How to find the one again, right? It's also the symbol of a yogic. This is also the symbol of a yogi, of an awakened yogi, of awakened kundalini. It's so many layers. Maybe this was never intended. Maybe the original tantric goddess, or go further back, some tribal goddess. Maybe a tribal queen. Who knows what? If you go far enough back to the the source of where where images and ideas and names came from, who knows? But now, right by the in, in the illumined mind of mystics of Sri Ramakrishna, of Ram Prasad, of obviously Shankaracharya, a thousand years after his death, you know, <laughs> whatever you know, like right? Uh, they they they're, re- they're revealing the, the um 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 uh, it's it's being universalized and reinterpreted and. And, and every generation of yogis, every generation of, and the lineage of mystics and theologians and philosophers and, and, and poets and writers and scholars and uh, uh, blasphemers, <laughs> every possible group is, are, are stretching the, the, what, what has started by who knows what long time ago. Actually, we know before creation was even, before there was even a creation, she was there, right? And now in creation, it's quite amazing what she's become. And the symbols, what she's left, and, and one way I sometimes think of her and symbols like her, if symbols, please excuse me, I'm to call you a symbol, right? No, I mean it in a disrespectful way, right? We sometimes use this idea that they're, they're markers, we use this term markers of forgotten geography, right? You know, they're the, the ancient world, the primordial world, the mystical world, right? We don't live in that world anymore. It's covered, right? We've forgotten it, right? But once in a while you find symbols, wisps, um, mention some that, that 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 are leftovers or that they share the two worlds. These are called tirtas, where two worlds meet, right? And so, an, an inconceivable reality, a mystical, a myst, mysterious reality, that we forgot long. What Ram Prada says that we have that we remember, but have we used to know, but we have long since forgotten. You know, these certain things that remind us. So this is I consider. Puja to be engaging that, and these symbols, image of Ma, and her her mantras and pujas like that to be that world, the forgotten world, the real world in a certain sense, within this world. So we'll leave it at that. Any questions, comments, challenges, rebuttals? I can defeat all of you. I'm ready. I have one more sip of tea. I'm ready. Before I wasn't ready, but now. Was enough caffeine, I'm ready. Okay, well, thank you very much. We're actually five minutes early. This is unheard of. Thanks.